This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, as-salatu was-salam ala Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tasliman kathira. We come to our next point, inshallah, azwajal, as it relates to the beneficial book, Usul Sunnah, by the great Imam Abu Bakr al-Humaydi al-Kabir, rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhi. And today we deal with none other than the issue that set a number of Imams of Ahl Sunnah apart and beyond everyone else because of their praiseworthy position in defense of this particular issue. And that is that the Quran is the kalam of Allah Azza wa Jal. Al-Imam Al-Humaydi rahmatullahi ta'ala, he said that the Qur'an is the kalam of Allah. And I, Al-Humaydi, heard Sufyan say that the Qur'an is the kalam of Allah. And whoever says that it is creative, then he is an innovator. We never heard anyone saying this from the people before. Simple kalam. He didn't bring any adilla from the Qur'an or the sunnah. No proofs, as we mentioned in the very first introductory class, that Al-Imam Al-Humaydi in this treatise of his doesn't always bring the proofs from the Quran or from the sunnah. Sometimes he just brings the statements of some of the scholars that came prior to him, Rahmatullahi Ta'ala alayhi, and those scholars that were his contemporaries. So in this particular fundamental, from the fundamentals of the sunnah, he brought no delil because it was so well known by the scholars of Al-Islam. Again, Quran kalam Allah. He said that the Quran is the speech of Allah. I heard Sufyan saying this. Sufyan said that the Quran is the kalam of Allah and whoever says that the Quran is created, then that person is an innovator. And we never heard anyone saying this prior. As it relates to this particular issue, Imam al-Humaydi is refuting a number of people who went astray in regards to the Qur'an and how the Muslims should look at the Qur'an. And they are none other than the Jahmiya who rejected Allah's names and they rejected Allah's attributes. Also, the second group that's being refuted here is the group that is called the Mu'tazila, who established Allah's names, but they rejected his attributes. And then the third group are some of the people from the Asha'ira, the Kullabiyah of the Asha'ira, who actually believe that Allah Ta'ala has the characteristic of speaking, that Allah he does speak. But these people from the Asha'ira believe that when Allah Ta'ala speaks, he speaks without a voice, without a salt, and he speaks without any huruf, without any letters. And all of this is philosophical kalam fadiq, is empty kalam that makes it complicated and the religion of Islam was not and is not complicated. So these are the three groups for the most part who Al-Imam Al-Humaydi and the other scholars of Al-Islam, Rahmatullahi Ta'ala Alayhim, they refuted in explaining to the Ummah the correct stance in regards to this particular issue. That as Muslims, we have to believe that the Qur'an is the kalam of Allah Azawajal. And we can't be shy, embarrassed, negligent to stand up for that and to claim that because it was what the people of the past were upon. 
And I must say this, sometimes we hear, why are you people always mentioning about these groups that have gone in the past and they're done, like the Asha'ira and the Jahmiya? Why are you always mentioning them when you deal with books like this and you deal with other issues, contemporary issues even? The reason for that is very simple, that these groups, they may be gone as it relates to how they used to be here in the, pre- in the past, but their athar and their ara, their concepts and ideas are still here. We still have people who are from the Khawarij right now. We have people from the Khawarij who make takfir and want to kill the Muslims and make their blood halal and they want to make khuruj against the leaders. We have that. We have the people of the Rawafid, the people who curse the companions of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Not only do we have them, but we have a whole dola, a whole dola, a country is built upon that type of innovation and that type of deviancy, like in Al-Iran, for an example. We also have the people of Al-Irja, the Murji'ah. We may not have a group of people who say, we are the Murji'ah, but by definition, the Murji'ah are those people who say, you don't have to do actions and you still can be a complete mu'min, 110% in your iman, on the level of Jibril and Mikail, and on the level of the major scholars, on the, on the level of the major prophets, and the rusul of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. So how many Muslims do we have who say, hey, al-iman is in my heart. I don't have to pray. I'm still a believer. I can do this and I can do that. From the kabair, if I do these things, I have iman. And from the wajibat, if I abandon them, I have iman. No, that's the position of the khawarij. So as it relates to the mu'tazila, as it relates to the jahmiyyah, as it relates to some of the people of the asha'ira, when it comes to the book of Allah, the Quran, they are saying things that people today are also making compromises, serious compromises as it relates to the religion. Because they don't believe in the characteristics of Allah, they wanted to make ta'til, the jahmiyyah. They wanted to make ta'til. They wanted to destroy. They wanted to, to get rid of this concept, Allah having any speech. The Quran can't be the speech of Allah because speech is a characteristic of the human beings. And Allah is not like the human beings. That's what they say. And we, were, we support that. Laysa kamithri shay. Nothing is like unto Allah. Do you know any partner to Allah? There is no one, nothing comparable or similar to Allah. We know that. But at the same time, Allah who revealed those ayat and described himself in those ayat by negating on himself and from himself all of these issues, he has affirmed in many other ayat and the Prophet ﷺ in many other ahadith that he subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. He speaks in a way that befits his majesty when he wants to, how he wants it to, whomsoever he chooses. So in trying to get away from establishing this characteristic, they just said straight up, Allah Azawajal, the Quran is created like everything else is created. And then we have people who come today. People who receive degrees, and we have nothing against degrees, whether they're from Islamic universities or whether they're from the institutions of the non-Muslims, even if they come from prestigious institutions like Yale, like Harvard, like Oxford, we would want our children to aspire as Al-Islam tells us, we have to have high determination, try to get in the first row, 
try to do more. Try to get the Jannah to for the dose. So, Al-Islam is not us, is not against a youngster, Muslim boy, Muslim girl, from going to these prestigious, uni- prestigious universities. But getting degrees and leaving those universities without your Islam, that's a problem. Leaving those universities without your intellect, that's a problem. So we have some students, some youngsters from our ummah who went to these universities, Oxford, uh, Cambridge, and they did very well. But then they came out after giving and translating for this ummah, a good example of the prophet's prayer described. The person comes out of the university. And now that person is saying that Adam, Adam, the father of all human beings, he could have been created from a monkey. What's the benefit of such a degree? A person goes to the university, gets a PhD as it relates to the Quran. He has a crisis while he's in that environment. And while in that environment and he has a crisis, he starts to doubt aspects of his religion. So now he comes and he tells people things that would suggest that the Quran has not been preserved. And even if he didn't mean it or he didn't mean it, a lot of Muslims became confused. So in the past, they used to say like Imam al-Humaydi is saying, the Quran is the kalam of Allah. From him it began and to him it's going to return. We believe that the voice is the kalam of Allah. What is written is the kalam of Allah. The meaning is the kalam of Allah. The huruf is the kalam of Allah. When you recite it, you recite the kalam of Allah. That's what they used to say in the past. Now we have to add on to that and it has been preserved. It has been preserved. Verily we, Allah, we sent down the dhikr, the remembrance of Quran. And verily we, Allah, are going to be those who are going to preserve it and protect it. Because now, as I said, people are saying things they may not mean to send people astray as it relates to the knowledge of the qira'at. And it's not that complicated. It's not from the daily basic knowledge, but it's not some special esoteric knowledge that only special people can comprehend. Anybody can comprehend it if you just are exposed to it in the right way. But the Muslim should never come away having doubt as it relates to these issues in the deen of Allah Ta'ala. So from what we believe and understand in the Qur'an, it is the Qur'an, the Qur'an is the kalam of Allah, and the Qur'an has been preserved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also that the Qur'an is muhaymin, because next we'll start to find people, and we do find people who are saying we can refer back to the Torah and refer back to the Injil. People who claim that they're from this ummah, like the people from the nation of Al-Islam. Farrakhan, Louis Farrakhan, and Elijah Muhammad, these people are kuffar and not from the religion of Islam. And you will find that the people connect themselves to the nation of Islam. They use the Bible for proofs of what they're trying to say and get across more than they use the Quran, more than they use the Quran. When they want to make a point, very seldom would they use the Quran to make a point. The vast majority of the time, they're going to use the Bible to support whatever point that they're trying to make. And this is not the case of the Muslim. The Muslim is individuals going to understand that the Quran is over everything else. As Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, he said in the Quran, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ بِالْحَقِّ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَمُهَيْمِنٍ عَلِيهِ 
We reveal this Quran to you, Ya Muhammad, in truth. And we reveal this Quran and it supports that which went before it, the truth that was in the Torah and the Injil. And this Quran is Muhammad on the other books. Muhammad means the Quran is over and above the Torah and the Injil and the Zubur and the Suhb of Ibrahim and the Suhb of Musa. Salawatullahi wassalamu alayhima. So the Quran is the kalam of Allah Azza wa Jal. From him it began, meaning the Quran is the speech of Allah and it started with Allah. Allah spoke those words. Unlike some people who say that the Quran came from Jibril. The Quran is the kalam of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jibril went and took the Quran from the Luh and Mahfuz and brought it to Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So it's not the kalam of Allah. Al-amru huwa laysa kadhalik. It's not like that. The Quran began with Allah and is going to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He mentioned in the Quran. Afala yatadabbaroon al-Quran walau kana min indi ghayri allahi lawajadu fi ikhtilafin kathira. Do they not contemplate and consider this Quran, do they not look at it, contemplate it, and consider and study it? And verily, had it been from other than Allah, if it was from Jibril, if it was from Muhammad, if it was from anyone, had it been from other than Allah, you would have found in it many contradictions. So that's an ayat showing that the Quran is from Allah. And if people contemplated its message and they, they studied it, they wouldn't make these bogus claims. Men who bada'a wa ilayhi ya'ud, it started with Allah. يَا أَيُّهَا الرَّسُولُ بَلِّقْ مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ رَبِّكَ وَإِنْ لَمْ تَفْعَلْ فَمَا بَلَّكْتَ رِسَالَتَهُ Oh, you messenger Muhammad, go out and proclaim and share that which has been revealed to you from your Lord. And if you don't do that, you have not relayed his risala, his message, the Quran. It is the risala of Allah. It comes from Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah Ta'ala mentioned, that the Prophet ﷺ's statement to the non-Muslims was, Do you people prevent me and stop me from spreading the speech of my Lord? So the Quran is the kalam of Allah. And that Quran is going to return to the Prophet, return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as the Prophet says wasallam. وَيُسْرَى عَلَى كِتَابِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى فِي لَيْلَةٍ وَاحِدَةٍ حَتَّى لَا يَبْقَى فِي الْأَرْضِ مِنْهُ آيَةٍ That in one night, the whole Qur'an is going to be raised up to Allah Azza wa Jal and there won't remain one ayat in the earth from the Qur'an. So from Allah, the Qur'an comes and to Allah, the Qur'an will return. And this is the aqidah of the people of the Sunnah. Another very important issue we go on to mention is that Al-Imam Al-Humaydi mentioned Rahmatullahi Ta'ala Alayhi, the Quran is the speech of Allah. I heard this from Sufyan, and he didn't tell us which Sufyan. There is a principle that you have to take, inshallah, in Ilm Al-Hadith and in history, and that is, anytime Al-Imam Al-Humaydi says that Sufyan told me, or he heard from Sufyan, it's talking about Sufyan Ibn Uyayna the great scholar who originally came from Kufa. He was born in Kufa and he moved and migrated and he lived in Mecca. He was a Nazil of Mecca. 
الإمام سفيان ابن عيينة ابن ميمون الهلالي الكوفي نزيل مكة is an imam thiqa thabt mutqan tremendous scholar from the scholars of al-islam al-imam al-shafi'i said about him if it wasn't for al-imam malik and al-imam sufyan ibn uyayna then the knowledge of the hijaz would have disappeared but those were the two mountains in the hijaz and because of their presence they spread a lot of hadith sufyan ibn uyayna So if you ever hear, you ever read that Al-Humaydi rahmatullahi ta'ala said, I heard, I was told by Sufyan, it's talking about Sufyan ibn Uyayna and not Sufyan ibn, ibn Sa'id al-Thawri. Sufyan al-Thawri, he never met Sufyan al-Thawri. And this is important when it comes to ilm al-Hadith because sometimes you have that the scholar's name is Hamad ibn Zayd or Hamad ibn Salama. So the person may say, I was told by Hamad. Which Hamad? This is one of the ways that show the importance of ilm al-rijal from ilm al-hadith. The knowledge of the men as it relates to knowledge of the hadith. Al-Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna mentioned to Al-Imam Al-Humaydi and other than him that the Quran is a kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and whoever says other than that then this individual is a mubtadi'. That's what Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna said. And he said, we never heard this statement that the Quran was created from people prior to that. That's the statement of Sufyan ibn Uyayna, who was the sheikh of Imam al-Humaydi. Now, this is really important. I really need you brothers and you sisters to concentrate. Now, in al-Humaydi's book, he tells us that Sufyan ibn Uyayna said, If a person says that the Quran is created, then he's a mubtadi'. That's in the book of Al-Humaydi, who took that from his sheikh. But there are other books that gives us an insight and a view of the tough position that is rougher and tougher than that, that came from Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna. For an example, in the book Kitab al-Sunnah by the son of Imam Ahmed, Abdullah ibn Ahmed ibn Hanbal, He had a book called Kitab al-Sunnah. He said that Al-Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna said, the Quran is the kalam of Allah. And anyone who says it is created, he is a kafir. He is a kafir. That's what Sufyan ibn Uyayna said in another place. Also in the book of Kitab al-Sunnah, Al-Imam Abdullah ibn Ahmed, the author of that same book, he said that Sufyan ibn Uyayna said, That the one who says that the Quran is created, then he is a kafir and may the curse of Allah be upon him. When they asked Al-Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna about one of the biggest deviants, one of the biggest deviants known to the Muslim world by the name of Bishr al-Marisi. He was one of these people, al-lazina tabannu hadhil aqidat al-fasida. This man, Bishr al-Marisi, was one of the people who was a flag bearer of this deviant call that the Quran is created. When they asked Al-Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna about him and about what he was saying, Al-Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna said, anyone, this man, and people who say that the Quran is created, then they are non-Muslims. They're not a Muslim. 
And anyone who has doubt in his kufr is also a kafir. So we have three different statements that I shared with you other than he's an innovator that came from Sufyan ibn Uyayna. He says he's a kafir. He said, may the curse of Allah be upon him. And in this, he added, and if you doubt the kufr of the person who says the Quran is created, then that person is a kafir because of his doubt. And that's because, Ikhwani, it's important you understand this. Scholars have different statements based upon different circumstances, different dynamics. And we have to understand the circumstance and the dynamic before we draw from their words and apply them in the wrong way. As it relates to this issue, some of the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah, they said the one who says that the Quran is created is a mubtadi. Others said that they were not Muslims. The great scholar Imam, Al-Lalaka'i, has a book similar to this book, but it's more extensive. His book is called Sharh I'tiqad Asuli Ahlul Sunnah. Tremendous book. He brings the names of 500 scholars. 500 scholars. And he shows that all of them said, if a person says that the Quran is created, then this person is a kafir. Over 500. Why so many? He could have just said 10, 15, 20. He did so many so as to support. This thing is real. The great scholar, Al-Imam Abdurrahman, the son of Abu Hatim al-Razi. Abdurrahman, a great scholar in his own right, he said, I asked my father, Abu Hatim al-Razi, and I also asked his partner, Abu Zura al-Razi. I asked both of them about the scholars that they met in the Muslim world. What did they say about the Iman? And what did they say about the Quran? His father and Abu Zura al-Razi said, we've traveled all over the Muslim world. We went to the Ijaz, the Hijaz. We went to Iraq. We went to Yemen. We went to uh, Asham. And we met scholars from all over. And all of them said that Al-Iman, it goes up and it goes down. It goes up by when you have the obedience of Allah and it decreases as a result of the disobedience of Allah. Why, why did they say that? They wanted to show that all over the Muslim world that this thing is ijma', this thing is something that Muslims accept. Al-Imam al-Bukhari, rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhi, said, I traveled all over and I met over a thousand scholars, 1,000, all of them, all of them said that Al-Iman, Al-Iman, it increases by Allah's obedience and it decreases as a result of disobeying Allah. Why so many? To show that this thing is ma'roof, ma'loom, that the Muslims understood it. So here, Al-Imam Al-Lalaka'i, he brought 500 narrations. In addition to the 500 narrations of Al-Imam Al-Lalaka'i, the great scholar Ibn al-Qayyim and other than him, they said that this was the position of Al-Imam Ahmed. If you look at Al-Imam Ahmed's book, Asul al-Sunnah, Al-Imam Ahmed, when he comes to this part of the Quran, he says the one who says that the Quran is created as a sahib bid'ah, he's a person who's an innovator. But his son Abdullah in that same book, Kitab al-Sunnah, in that same book, he said that his father, Rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhi, said, Anyone who says that the Quran is created, then this individual is a kafir. He is a kafir. He said that my father said, because the Quran indana, because the Quran is from Allah's knowledge. And if someone believes that Allah's knowledge is created, 
then that individual has become a non-Muslim. Al-Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim, the student of Ibn Taymiyyah, and both of them were scholars of the Hanbali Madhab, and they knew the Madhab very well. Al-Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim has a book called I'lam Al-Mawakka'een, the signs of the ulama, those scholars who sign on behalf of Allah. He said that Al-Imam Ahmed, rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhi, he had many issues that he gave fatwas in. People would ask him questions in fiqh, jurisprudence. They would ask him questions in different aspects of the religion, and he would give fatwas. Al-Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim said that Al-Imam Ahmed would not swear and say, Wallahi, about his position concerning the fatwas, unless he was really sure about it and he wanted it to show his emphasis. This is one of the emphasis and one of the issues Al-Imam Ahmed swore by. Wallahi billahi tallahi, the Quran is the kalam of Allah. Men who bada'at wa ilayhi ya'ud. Al-Imam Ahmed, his son Abdullah, brought those narrations in his book, Kitab al-Sunnah, that Al-Imam Ahmed went as far as to even say, in a country where the leader is supporting this idea and this concept that the Quran is created, he said that place is Dar Kufr. It's a country of disbelief. Now I want to come back and make the point, and this is important, in the last few minutes, and I hope you brothers understand. We as Muslims have to be careful about taking words out of their proper place and applying them in the wrong way. This is a practice of al kitab people of their desires. They change the words from their proper places. So we have to be careful of doing that with the Quran and the Sunnah, and we have to be careful of doing that using the kalam of the ulama. So we have people who do that from every jama'at, from every madhab, people do that. So no, diff, no particular group has a monopoly on this. But as Muslims, we can't do this. If you want to show that you don't do raf'ul yadain, you make up a hadith or something like that, you take weak hadith, this is not okay. No matter what your madhab is, no matter what your group is, your jama'at can't do this. But I just want to speak specifically to the group of youngsters who are trying to be on the sunnah and they're claiming that they want to be on this aqid and the minhaj of the salaf. You know, when we take the statements of the scholars of the past out of context, we go astray. So when you start to say it was the way of the salaf to test people and ask them, what do you think about Imam Ahmed? What do you think about Ali Madini? What do you think about Yahya bin Ma'in? What do you think about Imam Malik? And then if the person says, he's a good person, I like him. They would say, you're from the sunnah. And if the person said, no, I don't like them. Those are from the mujassima. They are aqidahs off. Then the person says, something's wrong with you. The salaf used to test people by personalities. But that doesn't mean that today we come and we test people by and with personalities today. This is oppressive. The scholars, when they did it in the past, it was a particular time. It was a t- particular place. It was a particular circumstance. When... They asked Al-Imam Sufyan ibn Uyayna about Bishr. Uh, Bishr al-Marisi, he said some strong words. He said some strong words. But when you ask him about the regular Muslim, Amr, Bakr, Zayd, Fatima, Sharifa, Safiya, they're just regular Muslims. 
And then I come and I say, El Imam Ahmed said, whoever says this is a kafir. No, this is not fair. This is not fair. Allah Ta'ala puts the question across in the Quran. Qul, hal Are they equal those who know and those who don't know? So those who know, we can pass the ruling of innovation on them. Those who know, we can pass the ruling of kufr on them. Sometimes, once you establish the dalil on them. But for the regular people, no. So, brothers and sisters, we do not test the people with Sheikh Rabir. We don't test them. If you like them, you're from the Sunnah. If you don't like them, you're not from the Sunnah. We don't do that with Al-Albani ibn Baz ibn Uthaymin. We don't do that with Sheikh Muqbil ibn Hadi. Not to mention those who are lesser than him, like Sheikh Rabir. Rahmatullahi ta'ala on the ulama of al-Islam and may Allah ta'ala preserve for us and protect for us our existing ulama. Don't take the words of the salaf out of context. One person says he's an innovator and the same person comes and says he's a kafir. The same scholar then comes after that and says and the one who doubts his kufr is a kafir. So we have to look at the context of those statements and the words and the actions of the Salaf. Even Prophet Muhammad himself, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Prophet Muhammad would not pray the Janazah prayer over people if they had old money. He would back up and tell people, you pray over him. So now every Imam of the Masjid is going to refuse to pray over a Muslim who dies and he's indebted? Don't you know you would not be praying over the vast majority of Muslims and Allah knows best? We have to put that hadith in its context. The place, the time, the people, and Allah is a'la and a'lam. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.